and also that the recording can be sent to those who signed up if for some reason they are not able to join. Um, good afternoon, everyone. My name is Livleen Gill, um, and I am the CEO of Wholesome Village. One of the reasons why we are here today is when we announced um, the Wholesome Village, the formation of it, and we started our nonprofit on um, social media, we got a lot of questions from RDs asking, uh, what do we plan to do? How did we start a nonprofit? Because one of the things they know I have a business and you know, like where did this nonprofit come from? Um, knowing that there are other RDs who also have started uh, nonprofits in the last few years and are doing really great work. So I thought it would be a great idea if we all um, had a conversation, a chat, and people could learn and, you know, <coughs> ask questions so we can talk about what we do, each one of us. Um, so we'll go around and each one of us will talk for about 10 to 15 minutes uh, about our nonprofits. Uh, we'll cover two questions, why we started them and to what we hope to accomplish with our um, nonprofits. In the meantime, in the chat, if you can, the audience can put why, you know, they are here today, what interested them to be, um, to come and listen to this, um, that would be great. We also plan to hold part two of this in early March, and part two would be more the business case scenario. What are the things that you have to go through to start a nonprofit um, and and those will be with slides and everything so that people can not make the mistakes that we all made or the time that it took us and you know so that you can le learn from us now first i'm going to introduce jasmine from eat well exchange um, jasmine and ashley carter um, are the ones who started eat well exchange I met Jasmine and Ashley at a um, Maryland Academy of Nutrition uh, annual meeting, and I was so impressed with the what they were trying to do and, and just what they had accomplished and so passionate about. And we since then, ever since then, we've kept in touch and she's really helped me in setting up some of the things. So um, after Jasmine, go for it. It's your turn. All right. My name's Jasmine Westbrooks. Um, so I'm a registered dietitian. Um, and I have had, or we, the co-founder of Eat Well Exchange since 2017. Um, and so we pretty much teach people how to eat healthy based on foods from their culture. Um, so the story behind Eat Well is actually very funny, uh, very ambitious, and we had no idea what we were doing. Um, so I will throw that out there because I know that stops a lot of people that they don't know the steps. So they stop trying to do it. Um, so hopefully that's encouraging to you to just do it and then see what happens. Uh, but me and Ashley, we worked at um, a WIC department in Florida, and that's where we met. But we noticed that a lot of people that would come in, women, uh, children, and their infants, right, would come in um, and not being catered to based on foods that they ate, that they grew up with, that they had a preference to. Um, so for example, you know, nutrition educators would tell them to eat foods that they had never heard of. Maybe it wasn't accessible uh, in their grocery store, but it accessible in the nutrition educator's neighborhood. 
Um, and so those people, the WIC clients were often called non-compliant, you know, was looked at as if they did not want to change the way that they eat. Um, so we were like, you know, out having fun, me and my friend, Ashley, she's one of my best friends. And we we're just like, let's start a nonprofit. Like, let's change this. We see a demand. We see a problem. Um, let's try to fix it. Right. And so maybe a few weeks later, um, I went to some type of diabetes conference and I met a, um, a physician. He was from uh, Montego Bay. And I was telling him about, oh, I have this nonprofit. It's amazing. You know, we do this. We teach people how to eat healthy based on their culture. And he's like, I want you guys to come to Montego Bay uh, and teach us how to eat healthy with our foods. And I call Ashley and I'm like, we got to go to Montego Bay. And she's like, wait a minute. We don't have anything incorporated. We don't we don't even have a name. Um, so it was funny because we just acted on it. We had a vision. We could see a, a population that was really suffering um, and so that's why we created Eat Well Exchange. So from 2017 uh, to now, we've increased the pillars of our business. And when I say pillars, I mean like the focus areas um, of the communities that we help. So for example, the first pillar would be um, healthy eating, education, right? So nutrition education is that first pillar. Uh, we give people the education they need. Uh, that they don't have and lack of, that they don't have access to. Uh, number two pillar is access to food. As we started to have our first classes with different organizations, other nonprofits, schools, uh, our community, we listened to them and they said, Jazz and Ash, this is great, um, but I don't have access to some of these foods that you're talking about, even though um, it is familiar with my culture. And so we then started to um, collaborate with community fridges, which I can tell you all a little bit more about what that is. Um, but community fridges or creating gardens. I had a garden in Florida not too long ago when I was there. Um, we also have gardening parties where we send out supplies to people to actually start gardening, little small things, uh, planting things in their homes. Um, so that's one part of access. And then as it grew, people were like, okay, we don't know how to cook these foods. No problem. We'll create another pillar. <laughs> so a pillar to teach people how to cook the foods in a manner where the cooking method is beneficial for their health, right? Um, so this then snowballed into our culinary programs. So we have kid culinary programs uh, that we hold where you get kids from like ages five to 17, virtual and in person. And so we work with different nonprofit organizations to partner in those different areas. We also just launched last year our Prevent Diabetes Culinary Program, um, which I'm really excited we're bringing back this year. Um, that was able to be funded by a grant that we're very grateful for and donations. Uh, and then the last pillar, this actually came up during the pandemic for us, and that's healthcare professionals. And so what that entails is us speaking to different healthcare professionals to teach them how to do the work that we're doing, how to um, embrace cultural humility and sensitivity and, and, and really apply it to the practice that they have every single day when, you know, uh, talking with people from different um, lower social economic communities. Um, so that's a little bit about us. You'll learn more. Um, and then what we hope to accomplish is to scale the business. Uh, we're learning as dietitians that there's so many opportunities out there to get Eat Well's mission and vision out, not just in Florida and North Carolina, where I am, but in other areas of the country. 
um, and also looking to build a team. Um, as, as much as we love Eat Well, there's only 24 hours in a day. Uh, and we are very, very, uh, have learned that we can't over push ourselves and overwhelm ourselves. Um, so hoping to scale to a, you know, full-time team uh, and definitely always with any nonprofit funding will definitely help. So we're always on the search for that as well. Thank you, Jasmine, that for um, telling us about how you started it and uh, where you are. Um, it's a great, it's a great story. Um, I am now going to ask Lucille Bessler, who has a nonprofit family um, nutrition center foundation in Florida, and it has a completely different take. Lucille? You are on. Let's thank you. Thank you, Livleen. And thank you all for being here. And Jasmine, I am blown away. So you motivate me. And I'm going to tell you how I really relate to what you've both done. So I started my nonprofit a while ago. And the reason I started it, I have a private practice that I had started dedicated to children, infants, children, toddlers, adolescents. And what we were coming up against was pediatricians referring these families and these children to us for many nutritional problems and it not being covered under their insurance, even though we were on lots and lots of insurance programs. So I started the nonprofit with the goal of providing nutrition services and mostly nutrition counseling to these children who really needed help. And I know there's plenty of controversy about, you know, dealing with children with um, who might have weight problems or problems with their cholesterol or high blood pressure. Unfortunately, we were seeing that. So, um, but the biggest problem was access. There was no access to care. So I started the foundation for that reason. We did get grant funding. We got a couple of really interesting grants to provide services uh, to these families. And it was working really nicely. And then we could not find any place for funding. And I will be honest, I didn't know anybody else in the field that was that was putting together a foundation. So what happened, Jasmine, is just what you described. I kind of lost hope. And I said, okay, because I did have a very robust practice. And kind of like you and Ashley, I could only put so much effort to the practice that was bringing people in and actually paying the bills and the foundation, which was really hard to, to get funding. So then kind of fast forward, there was something that happened that made this foundation come alive again. First, my friendship with Livleen. So she's always a motivator to me and, and Carl. And now I have another motivator. Jasmine, I'm calling you up. You're going to motivate me. So what happened is I wrote a book on nurturing. It's called Nurturing with Nutrition. It was a book on infant nutrition all the way up to childhood. And I wrote it with a colleague 
who wrote a number of books on child development. Well, we had been friends for 28 years and she just recently lost her battle with pancreatic cancer. I felt that this was a time, not to be too corny, I hope, this was a time and it was a sign that it was needed again to really look at our foundation and resurrect it because she always said the most important job anyone ever has in this world is being a parent. And it's really a hard time. And I think COVID has made that really evident to all of us. Our children are not healthy. Our children are suffering from low self-esteem. We're really having a problem. So we, we decided to focus the foundation on work to help parents and it's going to be a parent resource center so right now we're taking our books and we're turning them into facilitator guides and we're going out into the community and we're working with community partners that have parenting groups and we're providing them with these books and we're providing them with these facilitator guides and we're training them and helping them to educate families. Of course, one of our pillars is nutrition because we feel that children cannot behave well, cannot feel healthy if it isn't for proper nutrition. And we also feel like everyone else here, I'm sure, right from the start, teaching parents at the beginning that good nutrition is important will really help, I think, combat some of the problems we're seeing with children with health problems and the emergence of type 2 diabetes. So that's where we're at. We got a good community. Jasmine, you know, South Florida. So we actually got Memorial Healthcare System. I had been a consultant for their children's hospital for many years. So we got some buy-in from them and we trained all their community parenting um, uh, facilitators and we've armed them with these books. We had tons and tons of books. And um, we're really excited. They're launching their programs. We're going to collect data and outcomes, and then we're going to go from there. So that's kind of our long, long, long story. But the goal is to really help parents to reach out, hold their hand, provide them with evidence-based information to improve their skills and to use nutrition as that foundation. So thank you. I really am so honored to share to share the time with all of you. Thank you, Lucille. Um, it's so it's very interesting. Everything is, you know, it's we, you both saw a need, Eat Well Exchange at the Family Nutrition Center, you saw a need and basically accessed and started um, your nonprofits to kind of meet a need. Well, where our story of Wholesome Village is concerned, it's a similar story. As you all know, I have a thriving uh, practice, a multidisciplinary clinic in, um, in Maryland. And we saw the issue about the nutrition counseling, not just about nutrition counseling, you know, mental health, primary care, all of those. Um, 
and access to care because of you know either money or whatever was always limited. In 2018, uh, 1718, we did some work with the, with, uh, the state of Maryland in the Department of Aging and, and in Health. And one of those, we did a lot of work with diabetes and then medically tailored meals for those individuals that were getting discharged from the hospital. And we found our data showed, we had outcome data showed that, you know, making sure that they were provided meals the readmission declined by 54%, the 30-day readmission. Before we could figure out what we were going to do with that, COVID hit. And then all through COVID, we provided meals um, throughout the state of Maryland, in Delaware, and in DC. We came up with the name Wholesome Village. One of my dietitians came up with that name um, and so that it was a separate. Now, people thought that it was a nonprofit and they wanted to give us money because we were a nonprofit and they wanted us to expand. And we said, we're, I said, we're not a nonprofit. And, said, and they would be really surprised that why are we doing all this work, but we're not a nonprofit. Long story short, finally I said, okay, there are many things that are prompting. I got to do this. And after I met Jasmine, I'm like, okay, I guess nonprofit it is. So we formed the nonprofit last year um, in February. And we didn't get the letter from the IRS until October of 2022. So the three pillars that we made for our nonprofit, and these are all very dear to my heart, Number one is providing medically tailored meals to anywhere from younger people to older people. Second is a food allergy pantry. Again, similar thing. It's dear to me. My daughter has a lot of food allergies. She was born with that severe peanut and nut allergies to begin with. And over the course of the years, over time, as a dietitian, I felt there were lots of other people and access to those some of the products that people needed was very limited, one, because of cost. And you couldn't get things like baby formula, tube feedings, you know, coverage for them. Um, so that became the second. And the third one, nutrition counseling and education. Um, as you pointed out, Lucille, even though people have it, the only two main things that they are covered for, even with commercials, are diabetes and uh, kidney disease. And a lot of things are left out, right? And we see people who really need and they are really asking for help. So we said, okay, that's gonna be our third pillar. And then lo and behold, I met Carl Barnes and he was running RD2B. And we talked about what wonderful work he was doing. And we said, well, we can bring it together under Wholesome Village and we can provide opportunities to didactic students and interns to help with all these three pillars. And so that's kind of how it started. We have written grants, we've raised money, we're starting to work on things. 
Um, I have um, joined hands with some nonprofits that have already been doing this work, one in um, North Carolina, in addition to Jasmine, because we wrote her in part of one of our grants, Food Diversity. And then there's another individual, her name is Emily Brown. She's working, she's done a lot of work um, where food allergies are concerned. And so we've joined hands with them. Um, so things are moving along and I'm going to hand it over to Carl because he can explain more about RD2B because I want him to have a chance. And he's the executive director of the Wholesome Village. Carl, on to you. Awesome, thank you, Lavlene. And much like Lucille said, uh, just reflect on everyone here. I know Ashley and Jasmine and then Lucille and Lavlene have all been inspiration. So it's always exciting to, to be collaborating with, with awesome people that, that inspire you further. Um, so Lavlene touched on a good amount of it, but to, I guess, kind of backtrack the historical piece. Um, so much like each person's kind of said, it started with uh, a vision of identifying a, a, a need and a, a needs assessment, if you will. So having been pretty involved um, within the academy, within the profession for a while, one thing that had always been a stark contrast for me um, was access into the profession. So uh, it's a very relevant discussion right now about the diversity um, within the profession and what we're doing both as individuals and as, as uh, professional organizations to um, facilitate progress in that realm. Um, one thing that was always uh, a natural fit that I had stayed engaged with since becoming a registered dietitian was being involved with uh, mentoring students or being involved with uh, supporting student groups across the country. Um, so to me, that seems like a natural fit. There's other organizations doing amazing work in the space. Um, and over just kind of my casual efforts here and there of supporting different student groups, I kind of turned into a more structured form of creating this umbrella, uh, which is now RD2B, which um, is really just a catch-all organization of professional development um, and other resources for students specifically so that we're trying to address that um, barrier to entry into the profession. Um, just by leveling that playing field, trying to both recruit and retain more talent, um, more diversity, more excited people that we know we need to become registered dietitians and hopefully we can get them across that finish line into taking the RD exam. Um, just because the student demographics look great um, in terms of progress in diversity compared to the profession at large, we know um, we can lose a lot of students somewhere between them starting to study and taking that exam. Um, so within RD2B, we have mentorship program uh, pairing, pairing students up with, with registered dietitians across the spectrum, whether they've been practicing for a year or they've been practicing for 50 years um, on an interpersonal level so that it's a short duration, five weeks, five one-on-one -on -one conversations to meet a dietitian on a personal level instead of where you're usually exposed to a dietitian in a supervisory capacity or academic capacity. Um, that's been a tremendous success. We've had um, probably more than 500 students now in three years since 2019. So through that, we have on-demand curriculum for uh, professional development through webinars. Um, we'll be publishing research on that mentorship stuff. Uh, we also have a weekly podcast to showcase both the diversity of um, practitioners, the diversity of opportunity, and just showing how amazing registered dietitians are and, and what they do every day to hopefully inspire 
um, students to take non-traditional career paths. Um, so with all that, this was just all kind of like Jasmine was saying, the, the idea and the excitement just kind of took over and there was no formal structure per se for a while. Um, and the nonprofit was always the logical route. And that, that really pivotal conversation with Live Lean was the perfect timing of all that. So having this network of students, having this um, resources already existing was this perfect time that as we build up Wholesome Village and create all of these um, programs and services that we're working on, now we have the opportunity to bring students in to get real practical experience in the field, working with dietitians, working in areas that excite them and excite others, and most importantly, impact those in need. Um, so that pairing the two was just such a natural fit and um, can, can further the, the mission of Wholesome Village and, and hopefully really provide a whole lot of value to a whole lot of students um, on their pathway to becoming practitioners. Thank you. Thank you so much, Carl. Um, I, you know, it, it seems that we all started, as I said earlier, with the access piece and providing um, services that are needed and how we came about doing it. Um, and, 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 and I think, and I'm going to ask, um, Jasmine, uh, just Jasmine, when Ashley said to you, wait, we can't go to Montego Bay. We don't even have a name. We don't have a structure. Okay. Um, what came through your head? Let's jump in. Let's just do it. Or, you know, no, 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 no. We got to make it. Tell me, tell, tell us a little bit about that, that conversation and how you navigated that. Yeah. Um. So I guess if you ask Ashley this question, she would probably say like, I'm the type of person, like once I have an idea, I have to see it through. Um. And if I don't see it through, then I feel horrible. I, I've always said like, I don't want to go to the grave with like all these ideas, you know, because that's not, <laughs> that's not the best way to live. Um. But Ashley's response was, it was more like a laughing and joking matter. Like, we don't have a profit. Like, what are you doing? And so what I told her, I'm like, okay, we see a problem. I think we can do this, but let's just teach a class. Let's just teach one class to a community and see how it goes. And that's exactly what we did. We taught um, a class to a group of employees that work with uh, New Hope, which is actually a well-recognized organization. Um, and we taught them and we, it was myself and two other co-founders um, at the time, Ashley and Deidre Washington. And we split up the class, it was a two hour class. And then after that, we were on like cloud nine because we saw the evidence of, even though we didn't have a nonprofit, we're dietitians. And Ashley actually wasn't a dietitian yet. And when we started, I was the only dietitian out of the two co-founders. Um, so that's another great, hopefully somebody's encouraged by that too like she had just finished her bachelor's in nutrition still working for WIC um so in a sense it was like you're joking we can't do it but in my mindset it was like we can but let's just start simple see how it goes and then we can move forward and because we continued to move forward that led us to actually having the um, community garden in Guangua, Haiti because we went to um like a professional networking event met someone who believed in our mission and was like, we got to get you guys in Haiti. 
um, with my nonprofit organization. And we still have that garden there to this day. So um, just baby steps, the simple things starting out, I always say have a beta, you know, try it out, see how the class goes um, and, and, and just go from there. Great. And, and I just see, you know, when, when you were saying you just like, forget the, you know, all those other pieces, you have a thing, you know, you got to do it. I saw Lucille's face just light up and here's why knowing Lucille for many years, this is one thing that we both agree on is like, that's just minutia, right? Let, if we have to do something, let's find a way and just do it. Right, Lucille, you want to, you want to talk? I have to tell you, there's been many a time, many a time that I've said yes and then figured the rest out. I want to, you know, because you got to hit the ground running. And that's what I think that you were saying, Jasmine. And I smiled because I really thought of all the times that I did that too. Like, yeah, I could do that and just hit the ground running and uh, develop a, a, a plan. I like your idea, beta test it, do it once, then see, then work out the kinks. You know what I do think is always that rate kind of limiting step is the concern about finances. So, you know, I always say, hey, listen, I gotta pay, you know, I gotta pay my mortgage. I'm a single lady. I got to pay. Who's going to pay for it? So I think that's always the part that kind of scares people to jump in because leaving a job where you're getting that paycheck and then going on faith to some, you know, doing what you did. I think that's hard for a lot of people. I'd love to see in our future discussions how we can help people. How do we bridge that? Because I think that's the biggest fear for people not living their ideas. Mm -hmm. Can I say something about that too, Levelyn? Like as a transparency, and I, Levelyn knows this, Carl probably knows it from overhearing the conversation, but I was working when we had equal, when we had, you know, starting out equal exchange. Um, so that is a limiting factor. I do feel that, but I think sometimes when people see what we do and even other organizations, we always assume like, oh, this is their full time. And no, it's not the case. Like I literally will be resignating from my job um, March the 3rd um, because I'm able to now because of the years that we put in with at least putting ourselves out there. Ashley just quit her job last year. Um, and was able to, and now she's doing Eat Well more full time. So it is a lot of um, sacrifice. I'm not going to lie to you. It's a lot of maybe sacrificing a weekend where you go and teach at a library, which I've done to just get the word out. So I, I will be very transparent with that and, and just say like, it's it's not anything where it's like, okay, once I start, I need to quit my job. You definitely have to do what works for you. But just know there were years and time put into it that no one ever saw. Um, and sometimes that does require a little bit of sacrifice. Yep, it's a labor of love. But yes, it's a labor of love. And you have to believe in what you're doing to be able to carry it through. So then it can become where financially you can quit your job and be able to continue. And that's, that's fantastic, Jasmine, that you, I know you've been wanting to do this for the longest time, do Eat Well Exchange, dedicate your time entirely to running Eat Well Exchange and doing that work um, and that you're going to actually take that step March 3rd. Yay, I'm so proud of you. That's, that's awesome. 
um, yes, that really, you know, that really requires the, but I am going to say that financial um, considerations are one side, right? But the vision and what you believe in and what you really are passionate about, you have to go through with that in whether baby steps or big steps, however, and it can become financially sustainable in the long run. My nonprofit is not financially sustainable as yet, but I'm not giving up the mission that to do that because I do believe that access to care and access is really, really limited for individuals who really need it. And our healthcare system is such that no, it has not, it has not come to the point where it is equal and providing that access. We all talk about, everybody talks about obesity, you know, weight. You can talk about it from whichever angle you want to talk about it. And I'm not going to sit here and argue that. But what I am going to say is for that one thing, if we can start to provide nutrition counseling and start to do those things, it will have a big impact on those, on those kids because they are the future. Those families need you know, they're struggling, they're working, and now they they have to figure out what to do. How do you pay for that? I just think that that is just not where we should, uh, you know, where our healthcare should be. It needs to be more, um, it needs to provide more access to care. So I think in our three foundations, in our three nonprofits, I think we at least we can show the way that, you know, what we're trying to do and to get to the next step um, and help as many as we can, as few as many, at least we are making, starting making a dent, right? And hopefully along the way, others can join in um, and see um, how we can make, make a difference. I mean, just by ourselves, our three nonprofits can't make that difference. We can do a start. But hopefully other dietitians, other people, and we can join hands with them and look, we'll have a network of things that we can, right? Um, I do want to um, give Shobana a moment to ask question if she wants to, she's been so patient uh, waiting for us and listening to us. So I wanted to take a moment and see if she had any questions. Shobana, if you have any questions, um, mm -hmm. please. For any one of us, please go ahead. Oh uh, no, not really. But it's it's very inspiring. Um, I mean, I totally uh, agree with taking baby steps. So we are we just I just started a, a Instagram page with a friend of mine because I think we have the goal of reaching out to more people. So when I saw this this morning, I was like, yes, this is definitely what I want to attend and get some more information about because we both are very passionate about providing nutrition education, um, not necessarily to somebody who is already ill, but we are more inclined towards preventive aspects. So we are more uh, uh, kind of like hoping to provide educations to students. So like, you know, like school children, because they, they often um, struggle in making those choices. So I, I thought this would be like, you know, good to know what it, it 
really entails to be a nonprofit and how you all went through that step. And it's very encouraging. You know, we are passionate about it. We just have to figure out how to start. So I thought, you know, this is this is this is really nice. Well, uh, thank you. And you know what? We are all here. If you have any questions, you know, yes, yes. Um, Jasmine is very much on Instagram. <laughs> I, I have connected to her earlier. We have okay. connected to her earlier through Instagram and it's, she's been very inspiring. You know, it's, it's really nice, you know, like it's a very simple message that, you know, like we talk about educating our, our, our patients. I'm, I, I'm, I'm a practicing RD and I'm also an educator. We educate our patients, but then we forget about, okay, you gave them the piece of information, but how do they implement that, you know? And that's what really attracted me to Eat Well Exchange because we see that of, we see that oftentimes, you know, be uh, culturally, uh, it has to be culturally tailored to make, make an impact. So, you know, yes, I, I'll definitely uh, reach out to you all for mentorship. Absolutely. And I will say, Ashley has taught me more about Instagram <laughs> than I can take credit for. Oh, this is, this is, this so, is pretty new for us, yeah. us too. We're learning. Yeah. We're getting yes. <laughs> and I love how it's a partnership because that's one of the things I've learned too throughout having a couple of partnerships that like did not work out is the fact that the other person has to also like, you know, you're a strength in their weakness and vice versa, right? So I think that helps a lot. But yeah, I'm looking forward to connecting with you all and Ashley will be too, because she's always up for kind of giving advice about social media. Oh, I'm getting my social media um, guidance from Liv Lead. <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> So this is this this nutri scouts is actually a baby step for us you know we just want to see how how it goes if people are responding to it do are they interested and you know if you look through our page we are we are evolving and we you know we just stop we're like okay nobody's even looking at our post and then we are like okay you know what it's okay even if they're not looking at it we okay. have to see what you're but what you're passionate about let me tell you we've gotten donors some people that didn't like our stuff i'll say that so yeah. the, just just because they're not looking doesn't mean that you don't get money. I I know for a fact when we first started, there was a guy that used to work in the health and wellness, whatever, and he wouldn't like our stuff. He would only just reach out when he had money to give us, and that's okay. So it, it just because no one's liking your stuff or engaging with your things doesn't mean that they have don't yeah. have an eye on you because we still get requests. Oh, we've been following you for years, and can you partner with us? Like. They're still watching. So that's all that matters. That's good. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. No, it's good. And, and I think the more of us who um who branch out and and do things like this where there we see a niche and where we see a need and um, you know, and bounce things off each other, I think um, I think it's a great, it's a good thing. And I and I think that's kind of why we wanted to do this to start with we are not we're just starting we you know we are a little bit ahead of others um but if anybody wants we are right here to help and answer questions and learn uh, from each other because we can't do it all all alone we're not charging anything for any or any of this because we really don't think that um not that there isn't value to it, but when when we do that and we talk to it, when we do that, what happens is you are then 
restricting access to people who want to do this, right? It's not like, so our biggest thing is we want to make sure that providing access to the individuals we are trying to help and to those who want to start and do something so we can all make sure that all the things that we are passionate about, that we get the message out and we're able to help as many people as we can possibly do so. Um, I'll get, um, so we will do our next one um, in March and we will put it out. Um, anyone has anything in closing to say? Um, Carl, Lucille, Jasmine, uh, please feel free to other. I, I have to echo what you said, Livleen. I, I think that this could springboard into a really nice group because there are many members that probably have been thinking about what we're thinking and just don't have anyone to encourage them. So this could be really uh, morph into a, a, a big group. Um, and the other thing I'd like to say is the more our members see the value in doing things like, like we're doing, so do the consumers, so do the insurers, so do the other people who are influencers and decision makers. So we, we have to spread the word about some of the good work that we're all doing. Thank you, Lucille. Jasmine? I completely agree. Just keep the conversation going. Um, we learn from each other all the time, you know, just from having these conversations. And I'm looking forward to it uh, for the next one in March. And hopefully we can continue it on to encourage and inspire others to do the same. Thank you. Carl, closing. You guys all hit it. Really excited to continue this and uh, extend the chat in March. Thank you. Well, join us in March for the ABCs of starting nonprofits and how do you make a business case for it. Thank you, everyone, for being here today. Till March. Bye-bye.